The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Holy shit, it's trade deadline season. I'm joined as always. Well, not as always. Usually I'm joined by Jack McMullen, but we got Arm Layton today. We got a lot of trades to go over, and there's a big one. Joey Gallo to the Yankees. But we're going to talk about that with Eric Hubbs from Barstool, who covers the Yankees for Barstool Sports. And we got seven trades that happened in the last couple days, so we had to record an emergency pod. How you doing, buddy? How's your brain my brain is melted. Um, it's I, like keeping up with the trades. We were just going over before we were on air. Like we've been aware of all of them, but you try to recall all of the trades already. And you're like, wait, I forgot about Brad Hand getting traded and this guy going here and whatever. And it's not even done yet. Right. It's I mean, not even the time done. that we're recording this, we're just inside of 24 hours. And as you know, the last two hours, sometimes there's more moves made than the subs or the previous two days. So there's just some craziness going on and, and we're far from done. And that's why you'll see another podcast episode released on Saturday. We're going to record one today to release Friday for the trade deadline. And then we'll record on Friday post deadline. We'll have on Dustin Demeter and we'll have on Jack McMullen again. And we'll do a full trade deadline recap but we had to do these emergency pods. I mean, we're getting DMs being like Joey Gallo to the Yankees, you know, Yimi Garcia to the <laughs> Astros, Starling Marte to the A's. You've got to do an emergency pod. So we're here to talk about it. So let's start with the first trade that actually just happened. The White Sox acquired relief pitcher Ryan Tapura in exchange for lefty prospect Bailey Horn. Tapura, he's 33 years old. He's pitched to a 2.91 ERA this year. He's owed only 800000 for 2021 and is eligible to become a free agent after this offseason. It's a good trade. It's a good trade. Do you know anything about Bailey Horn? Very limited. <laughs> like the, these deals, 
it really starts digging deep into my, my prospect bank. But what I like about Tapera, which is one of my favorite stories ever, is that if you go to like his baseball reference page from last year, he, it shows him placing an MVP voting because somebody accidentally, <laughs> which is my favorite thing ever, because, you know, in like 30 years when Peter Apple Jr. is just doing the same thing that we do, which Absolutely. is just surfing through baseball reference, he's going no, like, to be in the what league. The fuck? What, why the fuck did, like, Dad, why did Ryan Tepera get an MVP vote back in 2020? Like, I know COVID happened, but what the fuck is that? Like, that's going to happen. People are, like, going to be like, what is that? Yeah, why um, did he get an MVP thing. vote? But now he slots into the back end of the White Sox bullpen, and that bullpen is already no. really good with Liam Hendricks, Garrett Crochet, and others as well. Like they, He's been great. He, he's really blossomed in, in the latter half of his career. The swing and miss stuff is there. I mean, you, you kind of saw it budding last year, which may be why he got the MVP vote, but he really came through with just developing in terms of throwing strikes. He's only walked 12 guys this year, which matches the amount that he walked in half of the innings last year. Swing and miss stuff plays. You mentioned Liam Hendricks. Now you have some guys that help bridge the gap from starter to closer. Uh, La Russa, there's one thing that he's really good at is, is managing those bullpen arms. He's creative with it. And, and I think giving him another guy there just makes it even better. I feel like he was always that underrated guy that Craig Kimbrell was the talk of the town coming from the Cubs. And now Ryan Tapera is traded before him. And maybe we don't see Kimbrell get traded. I assume he's going to. And I hope somebody clips this afterwards when in a couple hours, Craig Kimbrell gets shipped to the Red Sox or the Astros or a team that needs him. But Ryan Tapera is the guy to get traded. And he's a really underrated reliever. The White Sox made another move. The White Sox yeah. made another move. Cleveland second baseman Cesar Hernandez is headed to the White Sox in exchange for minor leaguer left-hander Connor Picklington. Pilkington? Pilkington. Pilkington. There we go. Not bad with not good with names. We all know this by now. Oh. <laughs> Cesar Hernandez is slashing 231, 307, 431 slugging, 100, 100 WRC plus. So he's about league average hitter right now but he's the clear starting second baseman solution for a White Sox team. That seems like an auto playoff bound. They're going to win the division and they lost Nick Madrigal who went under, who underwent season ending surgery on a torn hamstring last month, but it's an upgrade over Larry Garcia, obviously. And it seems like the White Sox are just kind of closing in on loose ends instead of making huge additions because they're going to get Aloy Jimenez back. They already do have Aloy Jimenez back. And Luis Robert is due back soon. He's in AAA right now, finishing up a rehab assignment. What do you think about that trade? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? Like their biggest acquisitions are going to come from the IL. So you don't need to deplete your farm system uh, necessarily to really get better here. Their offense is spectacular. We know they've got plenty of arms. They reinforce the back of the bullpen. And now you got Michael Kopik really getting stretched out a little bit more again. I think they look great. I will say though, on the other side, I do actually know a little bit about Pilkington. He's got a, a projection of, he could be a back end of the rotation lefty. There's some value there to that. I mean, to get that for Cesar Hernandez, which I don't know what, what his contract looks like. He might be expiring after this year. I mean, he's a relatively average player. Like you said, he's an upgrade over Larry Garcia. So, I mean, it's a good yeah. piece for them. Helps them offensively, no doubt, because you put a guy like that in the back of your lineup, that, that's, that's nice because you don't have that gaping hole. Whereas Garcia and some of the other guys that they were slotting in there were, were just not really competitive hitters. And 
Hernandez helps that, but they did give up a decent piece here. I mean, uh, Pilkington was throwing pretty well in double a mid three ZRA 71 punch outs and 62 innings. Uh, it's good. not a bad piece to get for the Indians. And, and we know how good they are at developing arms six, three lefty. I think he's going to be a big league starter. Uh, and if you get a big league back end of the rotation, lefty starter uh, for a guy like Cesar Hernandez, I think, I think it makes sense for both sides. And it's funny because the, the White Sox made two trades, one with their crosstown rival in the Chicago Cubs, and then made another trade within the division. Do you think that they were reaching <laughs> out to anyone else saying, can we make a trade with you? But instead they made one with a division rival who's in second place right now and their crosstown rival in the Chicago Cubs? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think, again, because what we talked about, they would rather trade with the Cubs or trade with the division rival Indians, as long as they don't have to give up as much as they would for some of the more expensive targets elsewhere. I think those targets in Tapera and also in uh, Hernandez, those are both guys that they didn't have to give up a ton for. And it seems like they're pretty confident with the roster they had. And like you said, just filled in the small holes. And I think they're ready to get rolling with their squad. And I think their squad's good enough to get it done. I agree. Also breaking NBA news. L.A. is moving towards a deal, courtesy of Bleacher Report. L.A. is moving towards a deal to acquire Kingsguard, Buddy Heald, for Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. Wow. Why does anybody Lakers want just Kyle got Buddy Kuzma Heald. and Montrez Harrell? I don't know. I don't know if you're the Kings, why you do that. Maybe there's yeah, other but- prospects involved. The draft is tonight. Oh, yeah, it is tonight. I mean, I'm a Heat fan, so I don't care about the draft. Yeah, <laughs> they don't I mean, have picks ever. Pat Riley hates draft picks. I'm a Knicks fan, and they have the 19th pick because I, I guess we made the playoffs, pick. and now we have the 19th pick, which I guess comes with the territory. Yeah, worth it, right? You wouldn't know what that feels like. You're used to the lottery. Oh, right? I'm used to the Knicks winning championships every single year. That's why oh. I'm such a happy Knicks fan all the time. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great deal for the Lakers. That's that's the LeBron effect. Oh, yeah. 100%. LeBron and I thought just that Dane that Lillard might go there, but. No, that's not happening. But back to baseball. Okay. Back to baseball, Mr. Layton. Yeah. Eduardo Escobar was traded. Like Switch hitter, infield utility man was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers from the Arizona Diamondbacks, who got minor leaguers Cooper Hummel. And I'm going to mess this up. Alberto Ciprian. No, that, that just, was right. It is Alberto No way. Ciprian. Is it Ciprian? Yep, you got it. And... Escobar, I mean, he's slashing 246, 300 on base, 478 slugging with a 105 WRC plus. The White Sox just added a power bat. He has 22 home runs. And it's a lineup that needs that impact bat, right? After they just traded for Willie Adamas. I mean, they can slot him all over the infield. He's an extremely versatile player that adds a nice dimension to that Brewers lineup. He's registered games at third, at short, at second. I'm sure if you threw him in the outfield, he could be fine too. What do you think about that trade? I love it for them. They needed, like you said, they needed another bat in that infield and and to get somebody that can hit for power from both sides of the plate, but also he's going to hit for more power in, in a band box of a field that is uh, where Milwaukee plays. I know they changed the name of the – Miller Park was the best name ever. I don't know why they changed it. It's like I family agree. fun and field and hugs and I don't know what it's called now, but <laughs> hugs. Uh, it's a great place for him. I think the versatility, like you said, in the postseason with the way that uh, the Brewers like to shift around their lineups, especially if Travis Shaw comes back too, it yeah. gives them some more versatility. But Escobar is a huge jolt. And if you talk about who he is as a player and what he would mean to certain different teams, I think you, you'd struggle to make the case for him being more important to any other team than the Brewers right now. So I love the move. It's the lowest 
key 22 home runs yes. I've ever really seen. It's because he's doing like it you would have, if I, ever. if you, if you ask me, like, don't look at uh baseball reference page, don't look at his stat line. How many home runs do you think Eduardo Escobar has? I might say 15, you know, 12 to yeah, 15, like, a yeah. decent power, but 22, that's real. And that goes to the Milwaukee Brewers after they just got Willie Adamas, who we saw what that addition did for them. You had another bat to pair with Yelich. If he can get back healthy, the Brewers, and Jack has said this earlier as well, they have a real outside shot at the pennant with that pitching. The, the pitching. Well, and it's funny because with Jeff Conine on Outside the Box, when we were just talking about, you know, like what really makes a playoff team different? You know, what what is some of the commonalities that you see in a championship team? And he was saying, in his opinion, you got to have those three horses. You have the three horses, that's the baseline. And there's not really another team that you can look at that has a three-headed monster quite like the Brewers right now. I mean, we'll no. see how they do in the postseason because yeah. it is fair to say Freddie Peralta's young and budding. No, um, he'll be even great. Even Corbin Burns. and <laughs> Yeah, Freddie Peralta's <laughs> never never going to be effective. He's the best pitcher but, in baseball. Know, even Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, they haven't really been there. So I think they're going to be fine, but I think yeah. it's worth noting, like who, who's the guy that's been there? So we'll, we'll see. I think they're going to be fine, but that three-headed monster is, is a problem. And, and I, I think anytime you have that baseline, you're in good shape. You mentioned Yelich. I think the back's really sapping his power, but even with that, he's getting on base at almost a 400 clip. He's still valuable. Uh, they might get Lorenzo Kane back. We'll see if that helps them. But Willie Adamas, all of those pieces, the offense just has to be okay, and mm-hmm. they can go far. And I think Eduardo Escobar really helps them be okay. Also, I Better have than to okay. self-plug. Yeah, well, better than okay. I, I have to uh, to self self plug here. Self plug. We talk about how I predicted the future. Yeah. Can we talk about That's that the- next trade? We have two trades that I want to tee you up for right now because your Marlins just made a couple of deals. First, the Astros got Yimi Garcia from the Marlins in exchange for prospects Brian De La Brian De La Cruz and Austin Pruitt. Do you want to talk about that one first? Because you literally predicted that one. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I've ever done in my literally life. Literally did. And let me preface because people are going to be like, this is totally not true. You can go to my Twitter and I have I have the snippet video um, from the episode from July 21st. At Weirdest thing late, I've ever done. At arm late Nate. At arm late Nate. Weirdest thing I've ever done. Like when I saw the trade went down, I, I thought I was like dreaming or something, you know, <laughs> just because it's like, I already talked about this. So literally in the locked on Marlins episode, I was like, this would make a lot of sense. The Marlins should trade Yimmy Garcia to the Astros because they need a reliever and you're not going to get a ton for Garcia, but De La Cruz has been swinging it well. He's a center fielder. Marlins need a center fielder, and he's in AAA, close to big league ready, fits the timeline. Did like a five-minute rant about how De La Cruz for Yimmy Garcia makes sense, and of course, nobody cared. <laughs> and then everybody like circled back, and they're like, wait a second, I've already heard about this trade. And like I had people tweeting at me like, Arm, like, did you see what just happened? And I was like, wait, what? And uh, craziest thing I've ever done. I will I say, can, though, I like the I can deal. vouch for you because you actually did do that. Austin Pruitt, one more name that went over to the Marlins. Do you know anything about him? Pruitt was a guy that was supposed to be a bit more like he, he had some right. hype as a pitcher. He started with the Rays. Look, he could be a reliever. I mean, that, that's what the Marlins are hoping there because they're training out so many relievers right now. They're going to trade Richard Blyer. They're going to trade a couple other guys. I think they're just trying to fill out that bullpen. But Dylan Cruz is interesting. I mean, he's a good athlete for the for the Astros. They don't care. You know, they, they don't they, care. they're fine. Uh, but He's hitting really well in AAA. I just don't know if I believe in the power. He's in that Western League, which used to be the Pacific Coast League, which is like the average OPS there is over 800. So guys just rake there. I think you and I would have like a 700 OPS there. So I'll take that. You got to take it with a grain of salt. But 
to get that for a reliever. Yumi Garcia is going to give up nukes, nukes to the Crawford boxes. Yeah, I promise. I have a question for you. If you're an Astros fan listening to this, this is a Marlins fan who's watched Yumi Garcia all year. What are the Astros getting? I mean, like, look, if you're getting him to to just be another reliever, which I think that's the thought, like, that's fine. If you're expecting this guy to be your, like, eighth inning guy, no. no. He's, I mean, Presley's he's kind much of, better. Yeah, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he gives up homers like nobody's business. Yeah. And <laughs> that's not what you want in the back end. One swing, one pitch, and the, and the, the game's ruined. So in the Crawford boxes – because I watched so many games where in huge Marlins park, you got a guy up against back against the wall, catching the <laughs> ball. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that was a close one. Like Jimmy Garcia had a bunch of those. So those are going to be, so he could be far deep. worse. Those are going to be 30 rows deep in the crop. <laughs> and there was one more trade. You guys just dealt your all-star level caliber outfielder and Starling Marte to the Oakland A's in exchange for Jesus Lizardo. I mean, just go off right now. I, I love it. I love it. I, I, know I you cannot do. believe that the Astros and, and this wasn't just me being like a Marlins guy. Did you see Dallas Braden's reaction to it? Yeah. Is it like, He's like why would we give him up? He was screaming on, on, on the, on the podcast because look, I, you look at the numbers they've been ugly this year for, for Lizardo and He's been back and forth from the bullpen to a starter. He's been dealing with a little bit of, of shoulder issues, but he's been healthy now. He's, I mean, the stuff is crazy, right? Yeah, He's mid nineties with sync. He has a nasty curveball, good change up. It's really just a little bit of a command thing for him, but he's 23 years old. Like we talk about prospect fatigue. He was a top prospect in baseball when he was 20 years old. Like, Seemed like he 15. was like top, yeah, top 10, top 15. I was just about to say. And he started thrown in the postseason like twice, had success there. He hit a bit of a wall. And I think a change of scenery, he's from down here, coming back home. I know he's excited to come back home. And that's something that I think with the Marlins, the way they develop pitchers, the way that the success that they've had. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, the stable of arms now that the Marlins have. He's 23. If he was a prospect and never came to the big leagues and struggled, if he was just dominating in double A, no one would say anything. But because he came up early, because he was dominating so much and hit a wall in the big leagues, now we're going to pretend he's not who he was. If you put him down in double A, I promise we'll carve everybody up. So like he'll, he'll be just fine. And I'm excited to see how he settles in now in a new, a new environment and a change of scenery. And the thing with Lazardo is it's really all about the fastball because his off speed is good. It's just his fastball has been hittable. And in the, yeah. he throws it in the upper 90s. He's a lefty, and it's got deception. It's got decent horizontal oh, no, vertical it's, movement. It's just been hit. It's just yeah, been hit. Yeah, it's it, simple it, enough. It's just being hit. So I 100%. think it's all about him figuring out how to throw that fastball effectively because I think once he does that, the off-speed plays, once he learns how to command it lower in the zone, because if you look at the pitch charts on Baseball Savant, the fastball is very middle. The red yeah. in the middle is very deep red. <laughs> yeah. And we need well, to get problem, him to work the corners and then he'll be fantastic. A hundred percent. And the problem was, you know, he was falling behind. The command was a bit off. And so you fall behind. Now you got to go to the fastball. They're sitting on the fastball. And exactly. that's when they tee off on it. So the, the change. And it's he was 99. Well. Yeah. It's 99. <laughs> like he can run it up to 99, man. Like we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And, and the change up, I think the Marlins will help him develop that. Cause that's what they do. But I will say, I mean, for, for the A's starring Marte, they're not even going to have him in center, right? They're going to have him in a corner. Like that's going to be the most insane defensive outfield ever with Loriano and Marte. Like you might as well just consider any fly ball on whatever side of the out. I'm assuming it's going to be left and center. Like that's going to be caught. And that's <laughs> so that's going to be really too, fun because their home ballpark, their outfield is big, and they Cavernous. need those guys to run around. And Steve Piscotti's been playing a lot of right field, but now that you have Marte, Loriano, and Canna, 
that's just a fantastic oh. outfield. And the and A's Canada's are instantly like a real, real threat. I mean, they're a real threat. Sean Manaya, James Caprillion, like they got guys Bassett. in the rotation. Chris Bassett's too. been throwing. Chris, Chris Bassett, Bassett, Cole Irvin is even pretty good. I think that's what made them. I think that's what made Lizardo a bit expendable to them. I I don't think that they traded him because they're like, he's screwed. He's not going to figure it out. I think they're like, hey, we've got arms that continue to come out here. We've got two projects right now between Lizardo and Puck. We're going to side with Puck and and go from there. Why why keep both of the projects? So I, I like it. I like it for both sides. Marlins had to kick in 4 million to do it too. So, I mean, it wasn't like they just did it straight up. They had to cover Marte's salary and uh, Marte is dynamic, man. Like steals bags, hits for power, plays great defense. He's going to help take them to the next level. And I think the A's just got a lot scarier. Absolutely. There was also one more trade or no, there's a couple more, but this was the, one of the bigger ones. The Seattle Mariners after hours after trading their best reliever, they got, Left-handed starter Tyler Anderson from the Pittsburgh Pirates for minor league catcher Carter Bins and right-hander Joaquin Tejada. And it sucks. They traded away Kendall Graveman, their best reliever, to their division rival after walking it off against the Astros. Graveman was obviously distressed. I mean, I don't think he wanted to get traded. I bet he wanted to stay with Seattle and try and win this thing. And then Seattle then goes and adds Tyler Anderson, who is – Decent at best yeah. for the Pirates. Um, he's five and eight with a four three five ERA, and he's set to become a free agent after the season. So he's obviously just like a plug in guy for them. I still don't really understand what the Mariners are doing right now, but I sort of trust Jerry Depoto. What do you think? It's weird. It's almost like a full step backwards and then half a step forwards in terms of just like building your team out for this year. If he had control, you know, if Anderson had control even through next season. I'd say, oh, okay, you know, they're looking at next year too, but they're not. So that w- with a guy like Anderson, who's expiring after this year, I, I think they want to just kind of say, hey, we are kind of going for it, but how do you trade your lights out closer while also going for it? I can understand if you look at this move as an isolated move, it, it makes sense. If they didn't trade Graveman, they just wanted to bolster their team up a little bit and say, hey, we've got some magic this year. Like, let's try and sneak into the playoffs. Bins is fine. He's a catching prospect that for them, they don't really need because yeah. they've already got Murphy up there. And then now they've got Cal Rowley, who I really like. They don't need Ben. So they've probably figured, hey, like, we're not going to use this guy. Let's, let's go get a back end of the rotation starter. Unless they really think that they can extend Anderson, then maybe that's a component to it also. But yeah, it's a bit of but a head scratcher that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, he fills in. He's better than, than, than Sheffield, right? Yes, like, he is better than, than Justin Sheffield. Sheffield. So I, th- that helps them a little bit. I, I just think like you're not making the playoffs because you got Tyler Anderson, but you could struggle because you traded Kendall Graveman. And there was one more deal that we have to talk about before, obviously, the Joey Gallo conversation, which we will have with Eric Hubbs. The Blue Jays acquired Brad Hand in exchange for catcher Riley Adams. Brad Hand signed a one-year, $10.5 million deal with the Nats this past offseason, but he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Hand has really been a solid reliever for Washington so far. He's pitched to a 3.59 ERA, and he's actually upped his ground ball rate to the highest it's been since 2018 at almost 40%. Brad Hand's a good reliever, and now he slots into the back end with the Blue Jays, who desperately need a bullpen arm. It's a good addition. I was seeing on Twitter that people were like, oh, Brad Hand's too old. He's not too old. And he's actually going to provide a lot of depth for the Blue Jays. 
I think he's going to be revitalized too. I agree. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you look at relievers like that, they need, sometimes they need a little bit of a fire under them. Even look at Albert Pujols, man. Like he's exactly. having the most fun he's ever had in LA. Um, who he, he just grounded into a double play again, just prolific at how much he's been able to do that. Just incredible. <laughs> His record will never be broken. But the, the fact that they're able to go get hand, even if he's pitching at this level right now, which I think he's going to be way better, it's still a huge help for them. Like oh, he's yeah. disgusting against lefties, great swing and miss stuff. He will help them, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to take his stuff to the next level. He's going to have that, that fire in him. You're pitching for something again. Like there's nothing worse than being a closer. I know the Nats were good for like a minute, but there's nothing worse than being a closer for a team. That's not that good. Uh, and, and for me, that's what it kind of looked like even going into the year for the Nats. They had that nice stretch when Schwarber was the greatest human being on earth at everything. But after that, you know, it, they hit a wall and, I think hand is going to be revitalized and I really think he's going to be that bullpen ace for them down the stretch here. I, I really do believe that he, he can help them uh, big time. And like you said, they needed it. They and needed it. They got a guy who has the chance to be one of the best deadline acquisitions. I really do think he has the chance to be that. So we've talked about all the trades that have happened so far. Max Scherzer is rumored to be going to San Diego. It's not done yet. A lot of teams are still involved. Maybe by the release of this podcast, you will see Max Scherzer on the Padres or maybe another NL West team. And I really think that before we break into the hubs interview that whoever in the national league West doesn't get Max Scherzer will get Jose Barrios. So if the Padres get Scherzer, I think either the Giants or the Dodgers are going to feel pressure to have Jose Barrios. And I think the team in that division that doesn't add the starting pitcher will be at the biggest disadvantage. What do you think about that? I, I like it. I, I could see it playing out where the Padres get Scherzer here. Then the Dodgers are going to say, oh, shit, we got to go get Barrios. Enough of hugging these prospects. Yeah. Take Hebert Ruiz. Trade take him. one other guy. And, and you know, we're, we're going to go for this because – they, they need it. They need it right now. I mean, I just watched David Price get shelled. Uh, David <laughs> Price cannot be starting games for you, man. Like, it just can't happen. So I, I really think that the pressure is going to be on. But I also believe that this haul for Barrios is going to be pretty darn big. Sellers market for pitchers right now. So many teams are inquiring on Barrios, according to the reports, which makes sense. He comes with control. He's having the best season of his career, arguably. I think that the price is going to be high and it's a bidding war for him. Absolutely. So now we'll welcome on Eric Hubs to talk about the Joey Gallo trade and the rest of the Yankees problems. <laughs> we welcome Eric Hubs to the Just Baseball Show, who is the Yankees and MLB writer for Barcel Sports. And he also hosts the Short Porch podcast. Hubs, thank you for joining us during one of the busiest times of the year. And you just watched the Yankees take two of three from the Rays, but they just got thumped 14-0 with Garrett Cole on the mound. How's your brain right now? Because mine's going about a million miles an hour. I don't even know if they played today. Like, uh, that's the, as far as I'm concerned, they didn't. We're talking about Joey Gallo. The Yankees won a series, and it's great. They just got rained out today. They, they lost power at the truck. It didn't happen. Don't care. And I saw you going off on Twitter how that Randy Rosarina pop-up got lost in Tropicana Field. Are you just so anti-Trop? Or are you more – was that more of an emotional response to losing – getting crushed right now? If I were asked um, one wish, it would be to <laughs> press the red button that detonates the Trop. That would be my wish. I hate that place for the burning passion. The fact that they lost the ball didn't come down today. It didn't come down. I just We actually just finished recording the podcast. Uh, I described that place, that situation, 
you play wiffle ball with your buddies in your backyard, you hit a bomb and it hit a tree and it just didn't come down. Like that's that's what happened in a major league baseball game. Like it just hit a tree and the ball just never came down. Or like a golf ball you lost in the trees, never came down. That happened at a baseball game. That shouldn't happen. Ball the place up right now. It's so crazy that that happened. And Peter, I forgot to talk about that on our intro earlier because uh, I also host a show for with Just Baseball for with Jeff Conine, who's uh, one of our advisors. And, and I was asking him about the chop because we we're going through stadiums about just like which are the worst stadiums that you played in. And he summed it up really well, which is super obvious, like you said, but also just ridiculous to have to say out loud. He's like, if the stadium impacts the game, then it shouldn't exist. Yeah, and, what? And that's, it sounds crazy to say, but like, the stadium's impacting the game. The ball is in play. Well, it's it's now in in thin air, which is the crazy. Yeah. Where do they go? Like that's the thing I always wonder. Where do the balls go? <laughs> last and he, even even on Wednesday night, there's DG the last play. DJ LeBay who lost the ball because at that place, um, the color of the ceiling is the same color as the ball. Yeah, so you <laughs> that was the won. definition of the Yankee season right there. Oh. Um, I can't believe he caught that. That's stunning to me. That Unbelievable. He that My heart almost dropped to the floor. I'm like, we're going to uh, lose I this game. It was two outs. I would, yeah, I would have evaporated. I just wouldn't have been existing anymore. You wouldn't be able to do this podcast with me. So, yeah, it's, right. I hate that place so much. Well, so I have a question for you guys because somehow, you know, you guys are both Yankee guys, obviously. Peter's got the Yankee slam for us on just baseball and hubs. I mean, uh, you've been doing it for, for a long time now with Barstool. But this has been – a wild year where when every time I go to check the standings, I'm expecting the Yankees to be 10 games under just because of the way things have gone. Yeah. Thank you for that. The the way things (laughs) have gone, but at the end of the day, they get Joey Gallo. And even after today's loss, they're only three games out. Like, how is that possible? And and do you still find a way to feel optimistic at this point? It is crazy when you see their record compared to the Mets and it's fairly similar. Like they have mm-hmm. one more loss than the Mets uh, at this current point, I believe uh, get the Mets are four up in the East and you know, their division is an absolute atrocity. And if the Yankees were there, they'd be cruising and but the Yankees are not there in the hardest division. Well, maybe next to the NL West, but um, yeah, there's, they're still there. They're still floating around. I mean, at the end of the day, they still have good players. So like they're not, you know, they, they did go on these they had two very nice runs, but they've also had two really bad runs. And yeah. uh, they just had they've had seven games that have just been unacceptable. Like if it was just a, a, a single game for any team, pick one of those seven. That would be their worst loss of the year. But there's seven to choose from. There's seven. There's the there's the twins one where Chapman actually didn't get an out that ended in 30 <laughs> seconds. There was the Tigers one that they had the lead with the last pitch. I think Justin Wilson gave a walk-off homer. There's the Mets walk-off. That was a disaster. The Red Sox one uh, just recently was horrible. The Angels one where they scored seven off Otani in the first and blew it after two rain delays. There's the uh, Astros one, which is the worst loss I've ever seen in my entire life. I think there's one more that I may be forgetting, and it's hard. it's hard to remember them all. But, like, those are six to seven that, like, literally question your existence on this earth and why you even watch sports because it damages you so much. It's crazy that a group of <laughs> a collection of players could just change your, your like demeanor and how you act and your mood. But that's how fucked up sports is and how stupid we are for obsessing over it. And we just continue to do it. And we know we're going to get hurt. And the odds of us finishing the end of the year, not w- with winning the last game of the year are so remote, but we continue to do it. And this year it's worse than ever. And that's what it is. And that's what it's like being a Yankee fan this year. And I've, you know, people are like, Oh, you could be a Pirates fan. I'm sure Pirates are having a great time this year. They have no expectations. They probably got they got a nice draft pick, and they've had some nice wins probably where no one expected them to win. And they don't when they lose, they're just like, you know what? Let's just go drink and let's have a good time. Whereas Yankee fans, we we're not to we win. Don't do we're, that. We're, 
and we're not yeah like we are we hold ourselves to higher expectations and we're not meeting those the highest and expectations the, yeah and the losses right now the losses when they happen today was nice it's nice to lose 14 like if you're gonna lose i agree ship get the ship much better out we've had so I, many games that are so close it seems like every single game is like a 4-3 game and even when we're in it it seems like we're gonna lose if we have the lead it feels like we're going to blow it. And then if we're down, it feels like this team doesn't have any juice. I mean, even on the last short porch episode that I was listening to, you guys were even commenting that the last five episodes, it's just a misery. There's it's nothing crazy. good to talk about right when now. When we talk about, when we convene on Sunday nights, it's never in a positive mood. Unless, <laughs> like the last time we did that was when we swept the White Sox. It was a great time. That's like fucking May. There was a, they, like, I don't even know how to tweet sometimes when these games end. Like the way they, when they lost the Astros and Altuve hit that home run, after on the verge of sweeping them and they blow that game, I had to immediately go to uh, my sister's college graduation dinner and sit down with my mom and then my sister and uh, and her boyfriend and, and they're all family and they're my girlfriend. And I legitimately just sat there in silence for an hour. I didn't speak until an hour into this dinner. I just did. That's how much this team is just fucking with me. And like, I don't even know what to tweet like at that moment. These losses, 14, nothing is great. It's like, fuck it. We won the series. Fine. Garrett Cole's bad. He'll be better. We'll move on. We got we got Gallo. We're gonna trade from some other people. Okay, I can live with that. I can't live with like blowing seven run leads in the in the ninth inning. I just can't. That doesn't. That literally hurts my mental health. Yeah, and so that the Astros loss. It's and we we can move on from it quickly. But <laughs> if I were to sketch up like a Yankee horror film, that would be it, right? Like the entire. It was so poetic from the judge like taunting to blowing the game to having him have his shirt ripped off just as the ultimate troll. Like at that point, has your Astros hatred grown? Like, can it get any bigger than that? Yeah. Well, I personally, first, Hubs, oh, sorry. I hate the Astros more than the Red Sox. Like I'm so anti Astros. It no. hurts. I, you don't deal with Caravas. So no. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I was going to, that was going to be my next question. So <laughs> Because you have to g- deal with with Carabas, you would rather the Astros win it all. Oh, yes. I wow. when the when the Red Sox I don't lose, even know. I I literally want to actually die. If the Astros win, then everyone loses. If the Red Sox win, I lose. Like so, that's the way. That's the way I see it. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, I hate both fan bases with a dying passion. But that Astros loss, I'm not very religious. Like I just like go like I just go with it, but you can't tell me that the devil doesn't exist after that loss. Like no. that was like a special kind of fucked up nightmare that he yeah. crafted. It was like, yeah, I'm the fucking devil. Like, look at this shit. Look at it this was, stuff I can pull. It was perfect. either that or we're living in a simulation. One or the other. There's one of those two doorways are open, and one of them's true, one of them's not. But there's no other options. Either the devil actually exists, or we're living in a simulation. It's the only way you can explain that loss. It was, it was sketched up for misery. Like Brian Cashman did something terrible and that was like God punishing him because that was the most perfect way to troll New York, in my opinion. Yeah, This has I'm not been so a fun s- podcast so far, I'll say that. Much. I'm so <laughs> sick of talking about the negative. Can we talk about a positive that just happened? Yes. Joey Gallo is going to the New York Yankees in exchange for Glenn Otto, right-handed pitching yep. prospect, second baseman Ezekiel Duran, shortstop Josh Smith, and second base slash outfielder Trevor Hauer. But we also go up back, Joely Rodriguez, who's a 29-year-old lefty. He has a 5.93 ERA right now. It's yeah. not awesome. But his yeah. FIP and his more expected stats have him projected around a mid-threes ERA. And yeah. the ages of the reported players coming back, 
25, 23, 22, and 22. So it's not like we gave up a bunch of 18-year-olds. We gave up. Texas went for the bulk instead of our best prospects. And I freaking love it. How are you feeling? Yeah, um, I think two things. Um, Didn't touch the main minor leaguer. Like, he didn't think about Volpe. You know, Dominguez... When people call and ask for Dominguez, I, I think Cashman like assumes like he's not even a player on the team. He's like like I agree. that's how untouchable he is. He goes, I literally don't know who Jason Dominguez is. I don't know why he keeps trying to trade for him. That's not happening. Uh, but like Volpe's been awesome. Their whole minor league system this year has been crazy. When they when I don't know what trades they're going to make in the next twenty four hours, so you don't know who's going to be left. But they when they re rank systems, we're going to be top five. Like that's how good of a year the minor leaguers had. Volpe's taken a ginormous step. Everyone like everyone has. Um, all four of these guys are top 30. Um, I think uh, like, they're all going to be in the majors at some point. Hover was having an insane start to the minor. I think he had like six homers for like six games this year. Um, Duran is going to be good. Zeke Duran. Um, Smith is good. Otto, I really like. I thought he was going to be a player for them next year maybe. Uh, but at the end of the day, and the Texas Rangers are paying for Gallo's salary yeah. this year, which allows Cashman to do more. At the end of the day, yes, you absolutely do that. And, you know, Rodriguez – Whatever he turns into be, you're not trading for it. It's Joey Gallo. It's the, the reason you're doing this is for Joey Gallo. He's a left-handed power hitter. Finally, they have that. Um, aside from Rugnado Odor, of course. Uh, but uh, uh, that, you know, a, a guy uh, who gets on base a ton. Um, yeah, he's going to strike. Yeah, excellent defense. Can play corners of the outfield, like Gold Glove caliber. Can play center field as well, which I expect them to play him mostly in center. I think that's going to be the plan. Uh, but maybe they'll move around left or center. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot less of Aaron Judge in center field moving forward, which is nice. Get yeah. him, you know, we don't need that. Yeah, don't uh, need that. I, He's just going to get hurt. I, lo- I, I wasn't a fan of this trade probably a month ago, and then I started to look into it more and how much we badly need a left-handed power bat in the middle of this lineup to split up Judge and Stanton. Uh, and the fact that he gets on base a ton, he fields an exceptional level. This, it's it, He's got a year of control after this. No reason to really not like this, especially with how light I think the trade package was going the other way. I mean, especially you know, when you have um, – I got to – I got to – do you know how bad left-handed hitting production has been with the Yankees so far this year? I mean, I know Yeah, I got it. I have it right here for you. Yeah, the splits are 197, 297, 338 with an 80 weighted runs created plus. It's very That's like bad. the worst thing I've ever heard. Joey Gallo, 223, 379, 490 with a 140 weighted runs created plus. Like, come on. We needed that. That's yep. huge for us. And what is it does is it extends our lineup so well, right? Yeah. Because now you can get Rugnit Odor. It's just embarrassing that he's our three hitter. I know he's been he's good. been good. He's been good, good in spots. I'm not. Yeah. He's had some good home runs. He's and held like, his own. He has held he, his own. Uh, like he's he's been better than maybe the Texas Rangers version that got cut. But Way should better. he be hitting third for the New York? No, Yankees? no, never. But he has. Of course been. not. Well, Jay Bruce yeah, was hitting sixth. Yeah, that was just a disaster. And that don't was at the start his, of the year. Don't say his, don't say his name. <laughs> so, but, but the really big thing, too, here is, is I think the defensive side of things is really underrated because the Yankees' yeah. defense has been, been a struggle. You're starting to try to catch a ball in left field. That was like the worst. Pass today. Yeah, that I was don't the worst. Understand. If he had I mean, any Greg pride, Allen. he would retire right now. I love Greg Allen. But if they, if they had, if Carter had any pride, he would retire. It's just enough. It's yeah. crazy what he's It's doing. a disaster. Good for the and, clubhouse, I guess. And the prospect return. Yeah, I want to talk about the prospect return because this is our prospect guy. 
Yeah. So as the prospect guy, I think you hit the nail on the head. And what we were talking about before we got on air is like the Yankees system took a massive leap and they didn't add a single prospect. You know, of course they had the draft, but I think you sell high on Hover. At the end of the day, yeah. he's, his value is not going to be higher than it is now. He's he's, these guys are that. years away from mm-hmm. coming up to this team. The way, the way I've been looking at things is Garrett Cole is not a spring chicken. Mm-mm. So like you, you only have X amount of years here to really capitalize on Ace Garrett Cole. And whatever that means past the sticky substance thing, I think he'll be fine. But, you know, Aaron Judge is getting up there in age. Like, you you can't wait three years. Like, fuck these minor leaguers. Yeah. You know, cash in. Some of them. Not all of them. Son of them. No, yeah, no, no. These guys, it's perfect. Not fucked. I didn't mean fucked because I I am friends with some (laughs) of them. Um, But especially, I was friends with two of the four guys actually got traded, where where we've exchanged pleasantries on Twitter. But, um (laughs) It's it stinks to see them go, but at the end of the day, Cashman knows he has to be aggressive right now. This is the most aggressive he's been the deadline maybe ever. Like like he is wheeling and dealing right now, and I bet you it's six twenty on, on Thursday, twenty eighteen hours from now, twenty hours from now, there's gonna be multiple trades. I feel like they do, um, and whether that means parting with Void and all that, well, well, you, you can get into that. But I he's being very aggressive. He knows he has to be. He knows this team is good enough to do something and they need an extra push. They need a little bit more than an extra push and he's trying to give it to him. So hats off to him. I'm happy for it. Let's go for it. So hubs, like, what do we do now? Like, what is that next move? What, how are we getting to the playoffs? So we talked about the pod, our, like, if you told me all the available guys out there, most reasonable, most reasonable, you know, reasonable people priced and all that, I would go all in for Trey Turner right now. No ifs, ands, or buts. I would go well, yes. all in for Trey Turner. But, but like, he's available. They're going to ask for Dominguez. No. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then what do you do? Like, would you trade Dominguez well, no, no, for no, Turner? No. Okay. No, no, so no, no, that, that's Dominguez why I don't think it's going to happen. But I, Come but on. You might be able – you can create something where you don't have to trade Dominguez. You wouldn't trade I Dominguez hope. for Trey Turner? No. The the eighteen year old. You're talking about guys that are far away. Dominguez no, 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 is eighteen but he's, years he's old. He's another story. He's another story. He's like an Acuna. Like you don't trade. Maybe him. if it works out. But but Trey Trey Turner is hitting three twenty right now. Thirty. I bombs. hear that. I hear that. But when you see what Dominguez is when he's fine tuned, you're going to come back to this conversation and be like, okay, that's a good thing they didn't do that. I mean, look, I think they can create a package to get him without Dominguez. I actually did. I wrote an article on this. So I'll tell you the package that I mocked up for, for Dominguez right here, because no, I, I mean, Turner, I'm sorry for mean? Turner, for Turner, excuse me. But I, I had the Yankees as one of the best options for him because I think the Yankees could pull it off. It's going to be hard to get him, but I, I had Peraza Medina, Hover is now gone. Um, I had Peraza, Medina, Floreal, and then Hover for doing Trey Turner. That in, I already, I I'm already doing said that in yes. four seconds. Like, I, yeah, like, like, yes, absolutely. But let's say it's and Peraza, I, Medina. Medina was in my head. Give too. them Clark Schmidt and Miguel Andujar, too, if they want them. They can just have them as well for – and then those four prospects. They can take them. Yeah, they can really gut our system for Trey Turner. Volpe? I would – I would – I would – Devi? No, Volpe. Oh, Volpe? Yeah, I think Volpe would would be – Turner is a guy I would deal Volpe for. I think you deal everybody that not named Dominguez because Trey Turner over his last 155 games, we just put this out, 327, 
with 30 bombs, 33 stolen bases. I mean, that's just elite, elite stuff. Contact, 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 speed, defense, everything the Yankees don't have, he has. Exactly. I would say you can't, I think he fills almost every void that they have. So I I can understand holding Dominguez because of, you know, just his ceiling is legitimately limitless. But in my opinion, when you can get somebody like Trey Turner, if you, if they tell you, hey, you're also going to be able to extend him, you're still not giving up Dominguez. The only guy I would trade Dominguez for is Otani. <laughs> not Trout? Yankees fans are nuts with Dominguez. Trout. I would trade him for Vladimir Guerrero Dominguez is currently playing against people four years older than him and destroying them. So he should in, be the number one prospect way. in baseball then. If, if you were dropping a top 100 he's, list, he's, he's He will one. be. But <laughs> when he, he should be right the, now if that's the case. When he gets to double A, he will be the number one prospect in baseball. But I'm he hoping should be right for now. it. I, he's like, it's because he's, he hasn't played against professional. Like, this is his first ever. I agree. Like, all those other guys played college baseball or whatever, or, you know, they, they, he's just been playing down in Dominican, like in pickup games or whatever. And they just plucked him out. They're like, this is the new LeBron James of baseball. Like he needs to play, like give it by the end of next year. He's top five. I think. Got to work on the sliding though. He, he has no idea. How to run <laughs> None. They, they did not teach that to him on Mars. They need, they don't teach base running on, <laughs> they Mars, don't teach on Mars. There's no gravity. Someone needs to, to teach him how to cut a base and slide and not die because it's very concerning. Every video I see the, the counter is hit a home run every time you mm-hmm. don't need to slide, which is fine. So I'll take that. That would be my personal suggestion. To I him agree with if, you. If I was the base runner, I was like, Hey, we don't even need to do this. You just hit the ball just over hit the it fence over every time. Every time. Problem solved. But yeah, my t- answer to the, my answer for the deadline is Turner. And I love they need to add a reliever because you trade Sesso away with Wilson. You- yeah, you added Clay Holmes. Okay, uh, you need it. You need another reliever as well. I hope they get Kimbrel, but that's just not going to happen. Not a chance in the world. Not a chance in the world. There's actually a better chance that he goes to the Red Sox, which I would hate, I or the Astros, who could still add him, even though they've added a couple relievers already. Could see either option happening. Yep. So I have two questions for you. We had Ken Davidoff of the New York Post on recently, and I asked him about Jason Dominguez, and he respectfully told me to suck it, basically saying that Jason Dominguez is, there's way too much hype on him that maybe to your point that he might not be that next Mickey Mantle, amazing outfielder type. But we, yeah. he's also that guy who asked that spider tack question to Garrett Cole yeah. straight up oh, yeah. and yeah. said, Hey, Garrett Cole, do you use spider tech? And Garrett Cole yeah, gave one of the froze. worst answers I've ever seen in a in a postgame presser, maybe in the history of baseball. The most unprepared answer ever. Which ever. is crazy. I mean, how did he not, not prepare for that? I hope someone got fired for that situation. One yeah. person. So you disagree with Ken Davidoff on the Dominguez part, but it was kind of legendary what he did with Garrett Cole. Well, but I think Dominguez is going to be very, 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 very fucking good. And that you don't trade like an Acuna level type guy and you don't trade that guy. And the Yankees haven't had that type of guy in a long, long time. Like like they ever? did. They, they may have thought they did. Maybe if I'm forgetting his name, but like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they thought they did. And he just wasn't. I Jesus think they have. Montero was supposed to be a god. Yeah. And then he just got really fat. Um, <laughs> um, but so we had passed it on. Um, not to one up your David off thing, but we had it is a one up, but it's on. cool. We had pass on. He's the guy who initially wrote that article comparing him to Mantle and all that. And I told, I asked him about it, and he goes, and he was like, "Let's let's similar expectations." I'm like, "You are you wrote the it. guy? Yeah, you are literally the guy who started this." He goes, "Shit, <laughs> I guess I did." Yeah, and, and it's like Yankee fans get blamed for hyping it up. It's like we just saw an article from Jeff Passan saying he's the next Mickey Mantle. Are we not allowed to get excited. 
Yeah, they said Bo Jackson, Mickey Mantle, and like favorite. Yeah, it's like all right. Yeah, that, so, that article pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not saying he is, but like from all I hear, yeah, even I like when people are from like what people are seeing him now for the first time, they're coming away with their jaw dropped. They're like, mm-hmm. we've never seen someone with this power, speed, contact tool to all together. Just we just don't. And he's, he's a switch hitter. He's a center fielder. Like you just don't see that. That does not come around no. every like it doesn't come around every decade. Like and they have this guy in their system. You hold on to him. You do not trade him unless Shohei Otani wants to come over. Because then I'll but, <laughs> yeah, like, but apparently but yeah. Dominguez or might start pitching. He might start pitching. You never know. I mean the guy can clearly do it. But I will I will say we went to the futures game. We were covering the All Star Weekend out there. It's like our first big event for just baseball and uh, seeing Dominguez at that futures game. I was really impressed at how much he was able to hold his own because you're talking about yeah. he's playing on backfields. We always joke that yeah. I didn't think he actually existed. I thought he was just a hologram that just yeah. they would never actually unveil. Yeah. But like yeah. to see how much he held his own against baseball's best prospects. We're talking about guys that are in double A, triple A, knocking on the door of the big leagues. Dominguez really holding his own against born that in 2003. I came away. Yeah. When I saw he was born in 2003, I was like, all right, man, like he's holding his own. That was really impressive. I can understand the untouchable thing, but it's one of my favorite things to just troll Yankee fans about that. Cause they actually make Whoa. it. Out. Oh no. What the happened? Yankees just got Anthony Rizzo. You're oh, lying. Oh my gosh. You're lying. Uh, yep. Oh. There you go. Oh my God. Live on the just baseball. So show, Boyd's Anthony gone. Rizzo. Is yeah, going to the New York gone. Yankees. Oh, Hubs, give us a reaction. What do you oh, got? That's Hubs? an awesome trade. I thought Anthony Rizzo was going to the Red Sox. Thank God. Screw the Red Sox. Oh, Who'd we give up? my God. Who cares? Voigt has to. What? Is Luke Voigt going to the Cubs? Yeah, Voigt's gone. Voigt's gone. So where's. Is Voigt going oh. to the Cubs? No way. No way they did Voigt for Rizzo. I'd right? Why would the Cubs do that? Holy shit. They got Frizzo. <laughs> <laughs> this is a live reaction right here. Bro, they got Rizzo. A lot better than Braden's reaction. This is such a cash move because Anthony Rizzo you never you never heard them once connected to Rizzo. Never no, not, not once. once. The Red Sox, ironically, you heard the Red Sox connected to Rizzo and Cashman snipes him. Oh this my! Is, God. And this is not his last move, Hubs. No, no. This is not even close. We might see one of the craziest deadlines ever from the Yankees. That's fucking bananas. <laughs> Rizzo's the man. This oh, is he's the nicest sick. guy ever, man. He, he's gonna be from perfect down here. Lineup. We're getting lefties. I've been saying this since the beginning of time. Since well, since the beginning of 2017, our lineup is so right-handed dominant that we just need like lefties, and especially Rizzo. Oh my God! We just got Anthony Rizzo and Joe Gallo in like twenty four hours. We have to cut this one a little short. I think I got to go do my job. Like, yeah, man, go fucking, do your job. You got yeah. your reaction. You yeah, got give your us, reaction. give us, uh, give us one final parting thought here on 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 the Rizzo deal and on Brian. I Cashman. mean, R- Brian, uh, Anthony Rizzo is oh, that is a crazy, crazy move. Lefty first baseman, what they want. It's it's gonna it up. sucks. It sucks that Luke's gone, uh, but. That like that I, on the on the short porch, I was like, yeah, I'm the number one Luke Voigt guy. Like I almost founded this guy when he was up. <laughs> I was like, I, I I stuck my name to him because I hated Greg Bird so much out of spite. I wanted Voigt to win the job, <laughs> and he was awesome. And 
it's going to suck to say goodbye to him because he was he's legitimately just such an awesome dude. If you're going to replace him, Anthony Rizzo is not a bad way to start. I wish awesome Luke Voigt the too. best. Yeah, Luke Voigt, yeah, Anthony Rizzo, both just great character guys. But um, this is a, a fucking awesome fucking move. <laughs> this is that a big is, one. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much and, and, for yeah, hopping and on. Like, and like you said, I don't think this is the last move. That, that would be my parting gift to you. And the best part about Greg Bird was always his batting practice. Have you ever been in batting practice for some Greg Bird? Dude, he hit absolute nukes. Yankee batting practice so in those days with those power hitters, I mean, even now, it's way better than the games. Okay. All right. We still don't know who's going to the Yankees in exchange or who's going to the Cubs in exchange for Rizzo to the Yankees. But Hubs, I know yeah. you got stuff to do. You got to go live. You got to do whatever you got to do. Appreciate you guys. Thank had a good so time. I get, I get asked to do a lot of these a lot of times. You guys are awesome. That was that was a, Jimmy, a, a good conversation. I hope, uh, invite me back wherever you want. I'll talk whenever. 100%. Absolutely. We'll get Appreciate you back you, man. on too. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. See you later, Hubs. Later, pal. So that was not how we thought this episode would go, but that was awesome. That was awesome. I got a live reaction from you, live reaction from Hubs. I love the move. Anthony Rizzo's a Yankee. Talk to me, Peter. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. The Yankees just got Anthony Rizzo. And we were talking at the, at the tail end of the interview. This is not the last move that they make. This could be a Brian Cashman is looking to legit win a World Series this year. And maybe his job, they were talking about maybe his job. And he's like, okay, let's go buy and let's go build a World Series roster. My only thing is, where's Luke Voigt going now? Because you put Anthony Rizzo at first. There's no room at DH. We have six guys who need to slot into the DH role because yeah. they're hurt every other week. This is real. Tough. This is real. This is a real team. But if Voight's not going to Chicago, which I assume is he's not going to Chicago. I don't think he would, right? No, no. Because Chicago, look at the return that Chicago wanted for Darvish. They want like kids. They want like yeah. 18 year olds, which I get because they want to build it up. So let's assume they, they didn't give up anybody too important. Like let's Luke say they Voigt didn't, for yeah. Max Scherzer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but like now they can trade Voight for prospects. Yeah. And kind of replenish that system again. The Yankees are in a good spot. And look, look, I'm, I've been very critical of Cashman. And I think I had a lot of merit to be over the last year I think and a half. Too. But, you know, he, he, he has a great track record. It's been a little bit tough for him in recent years. But if you put yourself in a hole, I'm a Heat fan. Pat Riley dug himself a hole. He gave some bad contracts out. Deion Waiters, uh, Kelly Olynyk, But he got out of it. If you can dig yourself out of your hole... That's what's impressive, and it looks like Cashman's doing that right now. Dude. Dude. I'm a big Rizzo guy, so like, I just now like the Yankees about 10% more. I'll take it. I love right Rizzo. now it's at what, 5%? So we're up to 15? <laughs> now it's at 11%. No. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> no, but it is – I would happily – and, and it's, I'll be on record saying this. I would rather the Yankees win the World Series than the Red Sox. Any Thank day you. of the week, but I will, we will clip that and we will post that <laughs> everywhere. We know we got arm Layton saying he actually hates the Yankees a little bit less than the Red Sox, which is I'm on that side too. Yeah. Except. And, and, and the, the Astros screw them. Um, but I, I'm a giants fan. You know that. And a big giants I, fan. Now my giants have been <laughs> just killing it. They're rolling, man. I watch the games every night now. And honestly, I really got into the giants games as like we wrap up here. If you listen to John Miller's just incredible, oh, of God. course he was the ESPN guy, you know, and of course he did that for so long with Joe Morgan. With Joe Morgan. It's like uh, the voice legend. of my childhood, right? Like Seriously. you too. But 
I can sit at night and I'll stay up till one in the morning watching these Giants games. It'll be nine nothing. And I don't care because I love John Miller so much. But now I'm just a diehard Giants fan because I always have been deep down. I just didn't know it yet until this year. And like I told you, my uncle's cousin's from San Francisco, so I have ties there. Uh, So I'm all in on the Giants. And uh, other than the Giants, I'm happy to see the Yankees get get some things going. But the Giants need to make a move, too. Like they haven't really done much. I think they, really. need, they need to they need to do something here. They need because, a big starter, and I think we were you know talking the about Padres. Earlier. They might get Scherzer. The Dodgers just got Duffy. Uh, that means I don't think the Dodgers are getting either Scherzer or Berrios. I still think that Scherzer will be a Padre and that Berrios will be a Giant. Oh, also but now I have no idea what's going on because the Yankees just got Anthony Rizzo. So I think now Jose Berrios is going to the New York Yankees. Also, Woj, Woj is off his rocker. By the yeah, way, yeah, we got to talk about that. NBA we got Woj messed up at the beginning. Yeah, I guess that's on us, but like, why would we ever fact check Woj? I don't need Woj to fact check is, Woj. Woj. Yeah, he's Woj. Like that, that's, that's like he going to basketball. It's like questioning Merriam Webster on the definition of a word. So like, but then they get it wrong. We got Woj because Buddy Yield ain't going to, to LA. It's, it's Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. But both deals aren't even finalized yet. So it could still be Buddy Yield. I don't know yeah. who's going to the Lakers. Shams, but but Russell Westbrook or Buddy Yield. Shams might be the new Woj. Do you think Woj, you make one mistake and you're just not Woj you're anymore? Done. He's got to change his handle. How He's now you, Adrian. He's just Adrian. You've Adrian. lost. You, no, just take the Woj part out. He's just Avrodinowski or whatever. Just that, part, just that part of his name. Only the hard part. But the baseball world kind of needs a Woj. Like, I feel like it's always like a, a race between we all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the next Woj. Just wait. Yeah, on. you're going to be the next Woj. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to be that guy, bro. Like... You just have to put you a bunch do, of people. Yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure, and people like, just so spamming much you, pressure. spamming you like break Scherzer to the Padres now, like now. as if I can make the trade happen. Like I'm telling you when it happens, I can't make it happen. You have it backwards. But this is but we could we could talk trade deadline literally till we die. We will till be the on deadline. tomorrow though. We will be on tomorrow. Newest episode of the Just Baseball Show. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Please leave a five-star review if you're enjoying the pod on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out so much. That's ArmLayton8 on Twitter. I'm at PeterApple23 on Twitter. Thank you, everybody.